My name is Faith and I'm with Blue Bonnet Home. And today we have Sky Hamilton from Hamilton House Designs. Good morning, Sky. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You are the hydrangea queen. <laughs> so they tell me. Yes. And you are in Idaho. And, yes. I was, and I was asking you a minute ago how the weather was in Idaho. Oh my gosh. So hot. So hot. We are still like in full summer. It was 105 yesterday. It's going to be 107 today. So I just see all of these beautiful like fall inspirational things on Instagram and people are asking me about, you know, how to take care of their hydrangeas in the fall. And I'm like, I am not there. (laughs) We are not there. I am in tank tops and flip flops. So yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea that Idaho was that hot because in Texas, it's super bad. Yes. The only reprieve is that we don't have humidity. Oh, so see, it, it's see. a dry heat. It's a high desert climate um, where I live in southern Idaho. Northern Idaho is a little more like Canada and Pacific Northwest. Um, but this is high desert. So it's just hot, hot and dry. <laughs> is that where you grew up was Idaho? So I've been here since high school, since the beginning of high school. Um, I grew up in right outside of Seattle. Okay. So yeah, I'm still Pacific Northwest. Um, but no, we moved to, my dad's from here and my mom's from Virginia. So I grew up in the Seattle area and then we moved back to, uh, to Idaho to be with my dad's family and kind of grow up here. So I've been here for a pretty long time. And then uh, you and your husband and then your kids are in Idaho. How many kids do you have? Two girls. My Good. oldest just started high school, which is freaking me out. She started last week. So she's a ninth grader. And then my youngest is in fifth grade. Mine is in fifth grade. Oh, it's such a like, I'm, I don't know. I'm having this hard time. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is your last year of elementary school. Like you're my baby. I don't know. It's I'm having, I'm having a hard time this year. It's like a whole big change. It is though, because yeah. you go between having this sweet little elementary school girl to this tween that is sassy and you're like wanting oh gosh, to yes. like, just grit yes. your teeth. It, yeah. You have no, like, ugh. my oldest was just sweet and innocent and, you know, just, oh, mom, you pick out what I wear, you know, whatever you think is cute. I'm like, okay, great. And my oldest is like, no, she has her own style. She knows exactly what she wants and it's not my style at all. And I'm like, okay, pick your battles, pick your battles. But I tell myself that all the time, pick yeah. your battles, pick your battles. And then I do. And then she still falls short. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, God and I are having a lot of conversations yeah, right now. I hear that. Yeah. Maybe oh. that's why God gives us teenagers or tweens is to bring us closer to him. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It is a everyday on my knees battle for sure. Do they, are they interested in gardening or hydrangeas in general? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit of a control freak <laughs> when it comes to my gardening and hydrangeas. So I sort of give them each a flower bed. And I'll give them like a pot and like, okay, this is your pot and this is your flower bed. Now don't touch any of mommy's stuff. And that's kind of where we are. I understand that though. And that's good because it gives them responsibility and they don't mess up (laughs) all your extraordinary hard work. 
but they still get to learn. They love design. They love tablescapes. Both of them, they like rotate every other um, holiday to do the tablescape and the centerpiece and all of that. And I give them the kids table. You know, like you can't touch mommy's table, but (laughs) this is the kid's table. You take it over. And so they love flower arranging and stuff like that. They just don't really love the gardening part of it. It's a lot of hard work. Gardening is hard work. Like people don't realize just the amount of like sweat and effort that goes into it. And patience. Yes. Yeah. And that's not like my kid's strong suit. So. I don't know if that's anyone's kid's strong suit, but right. Right. Well, how did you get started on your hydrangea queen like journey? Because when I go to your Instagram and I look, I see beautiful images of your hydrangea beds. It's not, I'm not trolling a page that has just hydrangea content from other people. This is your house, your gardens, your hard work. And you sit out and you, break it down and you give everybody like the 411 on all things hydrangeas. And for me, that's one of my favorite flowers. Peonies is my ultra favorite, but mm-hmm. I'm not even going to go there. I, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. We both know th- how they are. Temporary. Yeah. But uh, yeah. um, hydrangeas seem to be a more of a golden retriever type of flower. Yes, I totally agree. They are much more versatile, I think, than people give them credit for. You know, you kind of think of them as cottagey, but I've seen them used in such beautiful, modern ways. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I think because you see them so much that they're not given quite the credit that they deserve, but also they're, they can be fairly temperamental. But anyway, so, okay, to start, um, yes, I only use original content. I, I'm not knocking people that, you know, find things and make beautiful aspirational boards but I just prefer to use my own content because I know the ups and downs of it um so kind of back back story we were living in California for my husband's job and I had seen this house on Zillow this kind of old farmhouse and we weren't really sure whether we were going to be moving back to Idaho or not but we were kind of going back and forth. And I just had some, you know, how you put the Zillow alerts, you know, if it comes up and I was like, okay, well that that's, oh, it has good bones. I mean, it was ugly though. I mean, it was teal on the outside, like really overgrown, but it was on some land with some really big, beautiful trees. And I was like, gosh, that could be so amazing. But we hadn't made any decisions and, um, kind of long story short, we did decide to move back to Idaho and my mom calls me and she said, Hey, you know, that house that, that farmhouse that you had seen on Zillow that you had had me go look at, uh, we're going to be listing it tomorrow. (gasps) She's a realtor. My parents are realtors. And this was completely, they had never met these people before. I mean, it was just one of those crazy God things. And so she was like, if you want this house, uh, you know, we can get it for you. Um, and so we actually bought it sight unseen full price the day it went on the market because my mom had videotaped it for us. And the second I saw this house, I thought I'm going to rip out all of that landscape that they have. And I think it just needs hydrangeas. I just had this vision that Mm. it needs to be white. 
and then needed hydrangeas around the whole front. I just thought that would be so dreamy. That is something that I have kind of always wanted that, you know, very aspirational look. So we had had the house, we moved in. I think we had the house maybe a week before we started ripping out the front landscape and I went looking for hydrangeas. So before we even painted the house or did a single thing, we'd barely moved in. We started planting hydrangeas because I was like, well, it's going to take a while, you know, for everything to get big and mature. So this is the first thing I'm going to do because this is the look that I want. So that was seven, eight years ago. And we have just been renovating and painting and doing all the other things as the hydrangeas, you know, have gotten really, really mature. So fast forward, um, the pandemic hits, uh, my Facebook is just so depressing. Everything's political and I'm like, this is just terrible. I hate this. So I'm going to look at these Facebook groups, you know, that they're always pushing And there was a hydrangea group on there. And I'm like, oh, well, this will be fun. Like, I love hydrangeas. I want to learn some more about hydrangeas. You know, I know a lot. So, and I have these lots of hydrangeas. So I started uh, on these two hydrangea and gardening Facebook groups. And I started putting my content out there. I'm going to call it content now. I just, you know, was posting pictures of my own hydrangeas and people were asking me questions and I started answering their questions and I ended up basically blocking snoozing all of my friends on Facebook and only getting on there for hydrangeas and just talking about it and seeing other people's and learning so much about hydrangeas from all over the country and really enjoyed helping people um with their questions and really enjoyed learning about so many new things. So I am an interior designer by trade. I've been an interior designer for 16 years. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't yeah. Know yeah. So I don't put that out there because that's not as much of my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Hamilton house designs is actually my interior design business. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so, but you know, when my kids went back, when I had kids, I just kind of backed off and only took a few clients, you know, here and there. And I was starting to kind of get back into it a little bit. Um, and so I started the little Instagram and just posting pictures and whatever, but not really doing much, but it was getting me a couple clients here and there. And last summer, see, yeah, last summer I thought, you know, I could put some hydrangea content out there. Like, I know a lot about it. I've been doing this since 2020, really talking, you know, to other people about this on Facebook, but maybe this might be something that I could bring to Instagram. And it's such, it's so funny how these things happen, but the realtor of the uh, design client that I had at the time was doing reels. And she was so funny and I was watching her reels and I was like, I could do that. Like that, that seems like a really fun way to just kind of make it a little different and show your personality and really get some good information out there. And so she inspired me to start doing reels. And that was last summer. I started with like 400 followers and I mean, like the rest is history. So anyway, that is how I started with the hydrangea content and, and doing reels. You have 106 followers. 
I know. It's crazy. I didn't know that. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, in just a little less than a year. That's the only reason why I even have the guts to do reels is because of you. Because you made a video saying, guys, I'm doing this because I love this. This is what I believe in. This is my deal. I just jumped in and did it. You should jump in and do it. And you like, do you remember doing the message? You like basically gave us a PSA saying, (laughs) you can do this too. If this is something that's fun and brings you happiness, don't worry about what people think. Just try it. And I'm trying to force myself, no matter what I look like or anything, to remember to put, you know, everything as content and to post videos and to put myself on videos now. So I'm not, I don't, I love that. um, Sky yet, but I'm, you definitely inspired me and gave me the courage to like put myself out there to do it. Cause I, I don't think I would have done it. I think I would have drugged my feet a little bit longer for sure. That is the best compliment, honestly, because I mean, I know that I was inspired by one person who just was like, you know what? And, and she's, you know, a woman my age with kids and like, oh my gosh, if you can do this. Exactly that. I can do this. So it's women lifting other women up. And that is what your message was all about. And that's honestly how I feel. I, it, I know it sounds so cliche to be like, oh, it's not about the number of followers. It really, really isn't for me. For me, it's about helping people with these hydrangeas, helping people feel confident in whatever content they want to put out there at whatever age. I mean, I just turned, I turned 40 on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a 40 year old woman like making these silly videos and whatever, but I have just met the most amazing people and created this community of people Mm -hmm. who love all the beautiful things, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what I was trying to do in the first place. You know, when everything felt so dark and depressing, you know, in 2020, I was like, I just want the beautiful things. Like there's so many other areas that you can go to talk politics, to get in fights with people, and you know, all of that. I'm like, this is the space for the beautiful things and the lovely things and the aspirational things. So, which to me, that is what a hydrangea is. I uh, literally, as I just said that, I, I know it sounds so stupid, but when I see a hydrangea, those are the feelings that I get. Mm-hmm. The just the beauty of it, the kind of dreamlike feeling. Do you, did you get hydrangeas as a child or did your mom? No, not at all. No, she did not have hydrangeas. She did not have a garden. She did not garden at all. That was not not a thing. It's very, very self-taught. And I'm very fortunate to live in a community with really amazing nurseries full of very, very informative people. Um, there is this lady that works at uh, a nursery here called Edwards Greenhouse. And she's this older lady. She's French. She has this amazing, like long gray hair that she swoops up in this beautiful bun. I'm kind of obsessed with her. Like every time I see her. I'm I'm already obsessed with her. What is her name? uh, Her name is Anjou. And Uh, I know, right? Like it's, she's just amazing. And she has taken the time to sit me down and teach me, you know, when I very first got these hydrangeas, she sat me down, she told me how to care for them, you know, how to prune them. 
and really I know she just gave me this start that I can never repay her for so she's your fire she's your fairy godmother she is absolutely absolutely and so I guess I feel like she did that for me and this is me being able to give that to other people yeah I think there's something to be said about passing the torch and encouraging others it's such a gift I think so too I think that we as American culture have really just kind of wrecked the whole generation you know there we used to have such respect for generational um, relationships Mm. and it's just not there anymore and it's really sad because everything is just oh who's the newest youngest you know person I'm like okay but they don't know anything (laughs) yeah okay they might be attractive or whatever but they don't have the information that you can get developing a relationship with you know an older person and so I guess that's another thing that I like about being on Instagram at 40 years old. I'm like, I mean, 40 is still young. Like 40 is really young. Like I feel like I still have a lot of life ahead of me. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I, I think it's great to be bringing those people into this as well. Yes. So, okay. Well, let's talk some hydrangea talk. I have a mountain of questions and again, you have an Instagram page that's completely informative. You give people what they need to know in less than 60 seconds and it's done by topic. So when you go to your Instagram, which is Hamilton house designs, mm-hmm. they go and at the top there's like, you have it where your main wall has the video content. It's not like you have to go to the reels wall. So they right. can go to your same page and they can see you even have the things highlighted if they want to look and find the content they want. But because I want to go, I want to step here for a second because we're going to fall. Mm -hmm. um, And I noticed, and I love that you did this because I have a heart for this too. I don't like just to throw and dismember and disregard things. I like to reuse, recycle, repurpose. I think it's much more fun and interesting when you use something you don't think to use in a new way. And so when you, you know, took the dried up hydrangeas, that were like dried on the bush and you took them and you're decorating with them because they're a mm-hmm. fall Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. So I love using dried hydrangeas for fall. Um, it's, it's such a, pr- well, depending on the type of hydrangea that you have, um, most of them dry really, really well. A lot of people don't know how to dry them and they do them kind of old school where you hang them upside down. That is not, and I'm going to do a reel on this. We're just not quite there yet with our weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual best way that I found to dry uh, hydrangeas, you have to wait till they're at the little bit of a papery stage. And if you have hydrangeas, you know what I'm talking about. You know, they, it's not the soft petal. They yeah. It's a little bit and they get kind of papery. And like, like yes. they, they kind of change in the, yes. the texture and the colors, they all change. Absolutely. So that is the time to clip them, to dry them. You don't want to wait till they're kind of brown and crusty. Then you've waited too long. I mean, you can absolutely still use that. Um, but that papery stage right after the first flush and whatever, um, clip them 
put them in a jar of like I use I just have mason jars I have so many mason jars it's ridiculous I think anyone that sort of decorated over the last 10 years has a lot of mason jars because that was a really big thing for a long time yeah when you have a farmhouse and yeah you're you have a garden and you you do tablescapes, you dine al fresco outside. So I don't doubt that you have all the yeah, jars. We have tons. So put a quarter inch of water in the bottom, just a very, very small amount. Clip the hydrangea, no particular way, um, not really any particular time. Stick them in the water and let it evaporate naturally. It takes like three to five days and that's it. That's literally how easy it is. And I use them in everything from centerpieces to wreaths, um, Oh my gosh, just everywhere. But that is the fastest and easiest way to do it. And it keeps it more upright instead of hanging it upside down, which a lot of people do. It kind of wrecks the form a little bit. What about yeah? What about when you're pruning them? What I was what I was referring to is when you're decorating with them when they're all dried up. Oh, okay. So they're brown like the fall colors. Yes. So they're they're so pretty. They are so pretty. I do. I do use that a lot. Um, my biggest advice is do not prune until dormancy. And what dormancy means is after it's under 32 degrees at night consistently. Now, if you live in a, um, an area that doesn't get enough yeah. freezings. I'm listening. Then, okay. Um, then I would just wait till late fall uh, middle of winter really wait until the winter because they will go dormant the problem is that if you live in a space that it gets under 32 degrees when you prune you basically are creating an open wound on this plant and if it freezes right afterwards you're damaging that open wound you're basically letting the frost into that open wound so if you live somewhere it doesn't get under 32 degrees then you have nothing to worry about you can basically prune whenever um i like to say late fall winter early 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 spring especially in places that it doesn't get super cold you usually have a very early spring when stuff starts coming so i don't like to wait till spring i like to do it in the winter um but that's basically the reason you want to wait till the plant has gone completely dormant which means you've waited until it's under freezing at night and all of the uh nutrients and everything have gone down into the root system and they're not in the stems anymore so then you're totally free to cut don't do it before that when it could be killed by a frost it's a big deal so outside your home in mm-hmm. front of the house, which hydrangea plant is that? So they the are, they're the proven box. winners. Incredibles is what their like brand name oh. is, but they are smooth hydrangeas or hydrangea arborescence. Okay. And those you prune, you prune those because there's some hydrangeas. I've never pruned the hydrangeas that I have. Right. Because some- you you probably have macrophylla hydrangeas, which is a lot of what the south and yeah. the coastal areas have, the blue and purple and pink. Mm-hmm. I can't really grow those. I have a couple that I, I you've probably seen. I have to cover them in the winter, and it's this whole ordeal. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because what people don't realize is hydrangeas that bloom on old wood 
which is what those are, they put out their buds in the late summer and early fall for next year. So Mm -hmm. those little buds that you see on your hydrangeas right now are actually going to be the blooms for the next spring. Well, there's some cause like for concern because this summer we just had such a drought and no matter the amount of watering that we did, nothing, nothing has bloomed at all. Everything just looks Mm -hmm. so rough and you know, you have your shade and there's only so much you can do. And I, I, I I took the hydrangea plant that where we live now, I transplanted it from our last house because I bought it after my grandfather passed away and I named him Charleston Mm because my grandfather's name was Charles. So I named him Charleston and it was like my, my little baby that I was trying to take care of and it blooms and, and now here I'll stand up and look at it. It, oh my goodness. It's so sad. It barely has like maybe 12, 20 leaves on it. There's no blooms, like nothing bloomed this summer. Not even the morning glories that overrun the garden they just didn't and I mean wow. it, the heat was just really unbearable I I'm praying that they'll survive for next year that they're just growing really deep roots sure. but I don't know I mean what does it mean when you have a hydrangea plant and their leaves are droopy does that mean you need to water them yes and then you need to water them although it can actually mean you're overwatering, but in your case, it, it I would say it's underwatering. Underwatering, right? Yeah. I could water because in Texas, I could water the hydrangeas. They could get water in the morning, and then by the afternoon, they're like crying for more. And then you give them, and then they perk right up. They're like, so, oh, yeah. So one thing that people don't realize: it's super normal for hydrangeas to droop in the afternoon heat. Oh, it, okay. So yeah, that is. Worry about it? Nope, you don't have to worry about it at all. Oh, as long I'm as gonna... they pop back up by the you know cool of the evening and the next morning, they're totally fine. So I didn't need to rewater them. They would have. No. Been... Oh, I what? mean, it, it's a. I I should say, it depends. I mean, I water my front hydrangeas because, like I told you, it's very hot here and very dry. Um, so I water my front hydrangeas four times a day. They're on a drip line. Um, and it's just a small amount, but it's four times a day. But mm-hmm. even with that, they still droop in the in the heat of the afternoon. But they well, back up. It feels so much up. better. Yeah, that's very, very normal. Okay, what does it mean when they have a little bit of brown on them? Like on the leaves? Yeah, so it could be a couple different things. Um, a lot of times it's sun scorch. They're mm. in an area where they're getting too much sun. Yeah. Um, it could be, and that's usually where it's brown and crispy on the edge. Yes. Um, that's usually sun scorch. The other yeah. possibility would be a fungus. Um, and that's a lot of times if it's in a lot of shade or it's getting, or you've had just a ton of water. Um, and, or people that water from above. So hydrangeas should be watered from at the roots. And okay. never, never get water on the leaves. Okay, but what is that trick that they do when you've got them cut? Remember, okay, dunking them. Yes. How do you feel about that? I feel like it's not real. Have Um, you done it? I have done it. I've never ever gotten it to work. Never once. 
can you, you will you do a reel on that so we can see like this is a TikTok fail like this is not happening if people send those to me all the time and I'm just like I mean if you want to try works for you fine it's never once worked for me the boiling water it's never worked for me the dunking and rehydrating has never worked um yeah I just, you know, it's funny. I've never done a reel on it because I'm just afraid of the trolls saying like, oh, it always works for me. I'm like, okay, good for you. I don't know. (laughs) Well, maybe it's the type of hydrangea because there's only a million of them. (sighs) Well, so technically there's only five. (gasps) Yes. So there. You're schooling me already. Okay. So there's five. five, Okay. Five different varieties of hydrangea. And then within those varieties you know there's a myriad of different colors and shapes and whatever but there are only five different hydrangea varieties which is funny because the one thing that I get a lot is oh I just have the regular type I'm like (laughs) well that's not a thing there's no regular type of hydrangea there's actually really specific you know each one of those five varieties has a very specific requirement um, that is very different from all the rest of them I understand oh. that because I'll ask people, do you know what your trim color is? And they go, well, it's white. Yes. I, go, I go, well, which white? Right. White? Bright white? Like, I'm not <laughs> asking for bright white or soft white. I need to know exactly. And if you don't know, I'll tell you what it is. Right. But, what are the undertones? What's the sheen? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just need to know so I can I can do my job the right way. So right. I Absolutely. get that. Okay. So I do try to go over the different varieties. I have this... Oh, this one video that's pinned at the very top of my page because it is the most requested video and it basically covers all of the different varieties and what their specific requirements are, what sun they need, what water they need, when to prune them, all, all the things. So whenever anyone asks me a question, I send them that video immediately. And I said, if you watch this video and you still have questions, let me know. But I'm pretty sure 99% of them will be answered by this video. Okay. Two things. Yes. Coffee grounds and eggshells. Okay. So here's the coffee grounds deal. Coffee grounds that have not been put through your machine mm-hmm. will help. They add, they add nutrients, but <laughs> who's going to waste coffee grounds that oh. haven't been used? When you, for cheaper, could buy a fertilizer that actually is a lot better for your hydrangea than the coffee oh, grounds. Oh, I had been using old coffee grounds. Right, so, I was, so old I was coffee grounds. The, they were feeding the ants. Yes. So basically, they, they lose the acidity once they've been stripped <sighs> through the water. They're a neutral. So they don't have any of the nutrients anymore. They've become oh, no. an oh, acid neutral. So no it's wonder. Yeah. So I tell people, I'm like, it's not technically a wives' tale because if you caught, if you ground up coffee grounds and put it on your hydrangeas, yeah, it it would give it some some food, but you're wasting kind of expensive coffee grounds when, for the same price or cheaper, you could go get fertilizer. Okay, I'm gonna go get fertilizer, <laughs> but I think maybe I just need to like do survival of the fittest. I don't know, maybe at this point, because of what the summer's done. Well, yeah, I would. Well, and it's too late to fertilize now anyway. Um, So So glad glad I'm talking to you. Yes. So you fertilize two times a year, 
once in mid spring, I usually do like mid April. And then again, in mid summer, I do middle of July because you don't want to fertilize heading into fall when they're trying to go dormant that promotes growth. And in the, especially in the places where it gets cold, you're promoting growth. And then that freeze hits and you're damaging the plant with all that new growth that hasn't hardened off yet. So you want it to be able to kind of go to sleep. It's, I guess it's be like giving your kids a Coke before they go to bed. You don't want that. You don't want them to get all hyped up and start growing. You want them to calm and, and go into fall in a non-growth space. Okay. Would you, sense? Oh, totally. makes sense. Um, okay. Would you agree that hydrangeas are like the golden retriever of the flower world? Like yes. they, they play well, well with others. They're, they're sizable and you know, they're good to you if you treat them right. Absolutely. And they're so beautiful. I would say yes, except for that golden retrievers are so easy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they'll do whatever you want and they'll just hang out with you and not destroy your things and whatever. Um, These are a little bit more on the temperamental side. I call them, they're not high maintenance, but I would say they're medium maintenance. They're not so easy, you know, once you, but here's the thing, once you know, the requirements, they're so easy. You just have to know it first. Maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention. You know, maybe I just haven't been loving on them the right way well, and how they need because they, I don't, I did not get one. This is the first year and I don't know how many years I didn't get any blooms, but you know what? We're just so grateful that it's raining now. Right. <laughs> it's been such a terrible summer. And so, well, and water is their number one thing. I mean, they're not called hydrangeas for, for no reason. I mean, hydra, that's why they are called that. The, the amount of water intake that they have is insane. So if you, and I tell people that, you know, if you live in a space that does not normally get a lot of water, this might not be for you, or you need to go with a more drought tolerant variety, like a paniculata. Um, but even then they still need to be watered once a day. So if you can't give that to them, it might not be the flower for you. So the other thing is that every season is different. I mean, even mine, we have had such a crazy hot record breaking summer. Even with all of the extra water I'm giving them, they still, in comparison to other years, I'm like, oh my gosh, they look like trash. Like, Mm. oh, it's terrible. And I'm like, of all the years, this is like the year that I have this following that's expecting my hydrangeas to be amazing and mother nature is just like really screwing me over. (laughs) Your house is so beautiful. The front porch. I mean, I love the story about how you found it and that your parents were the realtor and that you got it because you, it's the whole front porch you have, is it a wraparound porch or is it? It Yeah, no, it's a full, uh, well, it's about seven eighths wraparound porch. <laughs> well, we'll um, just call it. Yeah. But there's a little section in the back that doesn't connect it. And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> why couldn't it just go all the way around? But it's, why? it's kind of amazing. It's really one of the reasons we bought the house in the first place. And like a wraparound porch that is dreamy. Like, I feel like every little girl's like, I want a wraparound porch. And you dine alfresco a lot. Like you entertain those parties. Yes. Do you have any tips for people about doing that? Like any helpful things? But um, I feel like I couldn't do it without my ceiling fan on the porch. 
Um, That's very good information. Yeah. I, people are like, how to keep the bugs away? I'm like, I do it under the ceiling fan. And if, if I have a dinner party, like sometimes we'll do it out on the lawn and I'll pull my table out there and do a whole thing. I have this oscillating, this really cute kind of antique looking oscillating fan. And I put a little table next to the dining table and I have that fan blowing on us the whole time to keep the bees and the flies and mosquitoes and whatever away because there is nothing that will wreck a beautiful dinner like bugs. That is such good <laughs> advice. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I but yeah, that's kind of my biggest thing because you can make the table as beautiful as you want, but if you're swatting away bees and flies the whole time, it's just not fun. No, it's not. Okay, let's go back to your house again. Okay. Could you, can we talk about the colors, your paint colors? I know you go over this on your Instagram and yeah. you give us support. You have a navy blue somewhere in your house. I can't remember where Oh, that I is. have a lot of navy blue. So my whole formal dining room is hail navy. Yes. And my That's, living room is also hail navy. That is probably my favorite classic navy. Oh, me too. So this is kind of a funny story. I was going back and forth. I was in the Benjamin Moore um, showroom and there was this lady kind of helping me. And normally, it sounds kind of mean, but I don't usually need help, you know, with. Well, you're a designer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I got this. You know, thank you. If I need a swatch, you know, I'll let you know. Um, But I was really, it's hard when it's your own home. I'm sure this is the same for you. I can pick colors for anybody. I could walk into anyone's home and tell them exactly what would work perfectly, whatever. When it's your home and you're trying to create a very classic look that you don't want to have to switch out, you know, in five, 10 years, um, it's, it's more daunting. And I just was kind of, oh man, I'm not sure what I want to do. And I was wearing a navy and white kind of gingham shirt you know, just very kind of classic and pearls. And um, she was like, well, why don't, you know, look what you're wearing. Like, this is obviously your style. Why don't you do Navy? Yes. And I was like, okay, you just blew my mind. Navy is fantastic. And you know what? She did the right thing. She paid attention to you. She paid attention to what you're wearing or her surroundings around you. A lot of times people's eye color will also tell you mm. what they're attracted to. So I'm, I'm very proud of that woman to be. Cause yeah. you, you have those colors in your living room and you have a mix with creams and off whites and wheats and butterscotches and they look so good. And you know, what's interesting. So I was listening to your podcast with um, the coastal grandmother. I'm sorry. I totally just spaced her, her name. Amy. Yes. And you guys were talking about whites and uh, she was saying that she did dove white and you were like, yeah, but it's not Chantilly lace. And I was like, oh my gosh, literally my entire house, like all the trim cabinets, built-ins, everything is Chantilly lace. (laughs) But your house has a lower roof line than hers. It does. Her her house has a taller and she made, she wanted all of her doors to be really tall and her windows. And so, and she has um, more of a New Orleans you know, a, a Acadian type feel and yours is really a farmhouse. I mean, when you walk in, you don't have like this ginormous entryway or whatever. So you need as much brightness as you can get. Yeah. So that, so that Chantilly lace will give you that, that look. And it does. Uh, 
yeah having eight foot ceilings it's actually they're just like even a little bit under eight foot and if there was one thing that i could change about this whole house it would be to raise the ceilings but that's obviously not not possible so i did the crown molding um and you know bringing the white as as high up as i possibly could and doing just a lot of really stark colors with the navy and the true white yes um, your, the, your navy needed it though your navy needed that chantilly lace to have it pop i think so too I so then so. you have that big contrast but i love it that you um it feels very ralph lauren oh you're speaking my language like I'm i am with him. oh i love ralph lauren love he is oh that's funny okay so i was listening to that podcast and you guys were talking about layers and i was like um that's ralph lauren like <laughs> i just watched his documentary the very ralph documentary and it Ooh. talks about how he just you know every one of his looks is just so layered and his in his homes in his stores just his whole aesthetic is so layered and i'm like yes whenever you see something really interesting it's because it has sort of some some layering to it and some old some new mm -hmm. you know if it's all old then it just looks grandma old. yes yeah but if it's yes. just some pops of old stuff i have a lot of um really amazing artwork and uh just pieces that have been passed down to me for you know from my grandparents and their grandparents and um those are like the most special things because you can make everything pop with the white, but bringing those kind of darker, interesting old things, um, I think is what gives it kind of the, the specialness, which is very rough to me. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely. That's what it does. Because when you walk into a space and if in someone's home or, or business and they're asking for guidance and help and they're like, wow, this isn't my jam. I don't know what to do. I'm grateful because I know what to do. Yes. And so when you look around and you don't see anything that tells you anything about the person that's living there, that's the biggest red flag right. to me. I totally agree. I totally but agree. I understand it's not everybody's strong suit. So I can help. I can guide. Right. And I totally agree. The layers, you, the textiles and all the little finishing pieces and all the things of interest that you can do that can let somebody in a little bit into what, you're into yeah so. it's funny so my mom is southern she's from virginia my whole family like her whole side of the family's from virginia and north carolina and she like i just love that aesthetic i mean growing up in her grand or my grandparents house that was just this beautiful brick colonial and they have a thoroughbred farm um outside of richmond and so being on the farm and being in the colonial homes, I just loved that traditional layered look. That was just so my aesthetic. And my mom could not hate it more. Like really? she hates it. She is so modern and everything has to be very new. And, you know, she's like, oh, this feels cluttered. It feels cluttered. I hate it. So yeah, it's there are lots of people that are like that. But you know what? I do find that I feel like houses or I should say, I feel like spaces are more interesting when there's some juxtaposition to it. Yes. Like what we were talking great. about. So when you have something ultra modern, well, you can still do new stuff in ultra modern, but what if you find something that's modern from the seventies or right. the eighties? And then it still gives you that feel of something that you like yes. the postmodern stuff. 
that I'm finding mixed in with the traditional homes just has me just so excited. I love it. And I missed a coffee table. It was a postmodern coffee table. It's a turquoise color. It had like swirl legs. And it was probably, it wasn't lacquer, but it was, it had that real shiny finish. Uh And it was priced at like $700. And I thought, I can't get this for the playroom. That's too much. And I'm kicking myself because I think that would have been just such a fun, durable piece and hat would create such more balance in my home Yeah, because I lean more. I grew up doing, um, when I started decorating, doing French country, no Mm -hmm. shabby chic and then French country. And my husband liked the Tuscan. And then now it's just, you know, it's just traditional Southern. Yeah. It's grand millennial chinois or coastal grand, whatever you want to call it. It's just what it is, but it's hard I, to do the labels though. Like that's, I don't yeah. People try to label my house and they're like, Oh, it's grand millennium. I was like, well, no, not it's, really. It's and it's guy Hamilton. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I think like make it your own. Like it's not so grandmothery. I don't have big floral prints or anything like that. Oh. I love the coastal grandmother, but I'm in the high desert of Idaho. So it can't be that coastal, um, you know, without really looking at coastal grandmother, but because we're in Idaho and there's no coast anywhere near us, you know, I have to be really careful with making it not actually coastal because that's super cliche when people have like this way to the beach and you know, you live in the Midwest or whatever. It's just kind of silly, but um, I, I do think that I love I think aspects. House, yeah. I think your home kind of predicts what style it would embrace. It would want you to embrace decorating. And I think your house would probably like some plaids and stripes and pinstripes oh, and yeah. window panes and um oh that was a big thing when we remodeled um I wanted true divided light windows because I was I mean they're yeah they're like twice the expense but you just can't replicate that look you know with the the windows that have it sort of in in between the two panes and they're kind of faux I hate that I was like no I need the real the real true divided light windows that just will make all the difference. And my husband and I went back and forth on it. And now it's something that I'm so glad that we decided to do because it just really does make all the difference. I love it. Do you have anything coming up that we need to talk about? Anything you're promoting or <sighs> anything in the works that's coming up? I am working on a website. So I technically have the domain, um, but I'm just trying to pull it together. I'm really hoping before Christmas because there's you know there's I love to put out the content but sometimes you know when you have 30 second videos or one minute videos you just can't get across what you need to get across and so I think it will be really helpful for people to see more especially with the hydrangeas um, a guideline you know a real searchable space for right. the specific hydrangea so I'm I'm hoping that that comes together the kids went back to school so I have more time now you'll Um, get it done it'll be winter and um it'll be be too cold for you to be outside working in the garden and stuff it's true it's true although I love fall I'm such a like I become so basic it's not even funny like I am that pumpkin spice drinking girl like sitting on my porch with my pumpkins and mums and whatever so and your uggs yeah well (laughs) yeah I'm a girl but I'm a hunter boot girl like that's I live my, in my hunter boots. Live in I them. love I love those hunter boots, but my calves are too big. Oh my gosh, no, you need the huntress. What? 
Huntress. Yes, they have a style called the Huntress boot and they're wider calf and they're a little bit shorter because, oh, uh, oh. my calves seem like yeah. they would well, never fit in that. the classic. <gasps> yes. I, I wanted oh. to be that cute sorority girl that was super skinny and wearing the hunter boots up to my knees and I bought them and they went to the middle of my knee and then they would just, it was like putting on a pair of spandex pants. It was just yes. skin tight. Terrible. And, and I won't, I love them. I won't get rid of them. I don't, I don't want to do anything with them. <laughs> I so I'm like, I'm going to put, I'll, I'll make them for a wreath on my front door if I need to, because they're so cute. But I didn't yes. know. Yes. Okay. I'm going to send you the link. Literally the Huntress boots are what I live in. I have them in like three different colors. I love them. They're fantastic. And they're a little bit cheaper because they're not so tall, but they're not the shorty ones. Like you still get the same look. Oh, I was worried about that. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't like the look of the short boots. That's not. Yeah. Well, I need to look at that because I thought that I got the quote unquote wider leg, but maybe that was on my riding boots. Um, Oh yeah. I'm not, maybe maybe I didn't get it on the Hunter. I'm going to have to look that up. Well, thank you. (laughs) I'm so glad that you came on today. Your I'm house, too. The hydrangeas, I mean, I've been obsessed with forever and they're so gorgeous. And Thank I you. love, 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 love the hydrangeas and all your content is so beautiful. Well, I have to say, I mean, honestly, same with you. Like, I was like, what is a color <laughs> console? Like, Aww. what is this? This is amazing. A color specialist. I mean, I know, you know, I've sent plenty of people to your site because. You know, you kind of have to niche down. Like I started with a much bigger amount of content and, and it was a lot of design and paint and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't have time for all of that. I really need to start niching down and giving that, you know, those followers to people that will really be able to help them. So yes. I'm glad that I have you as that resource to be able oh. to, to send people to. Well, thank you. I was not allowed to post any paint or color content previously because I had a non-compete clause with a global paint company. So I could, you know, share things, but I couldn't, you know, it needed to be a blog style. Mm. We bought at home had to be a blog. It couldn't be self-promotion. It, there was um, very strict guidelines. So I did everything. I shared everything, but still kept it kind of going to, you know, paint or color. Uh And then when I got laid off during the pandemic, and my non-compete was up, I thought, oh, I guess I can, I can officially do it and not get in trouble. Yeah. So then I started rolling out, but not until this, like, even this summer did I really get, I guess, the guts to start really posting it because you have to, and people want to see you. They want to know you. They need mm-hmm. to put with the face. And I'm not always <laughs> camera ready and I'm not going to be perfect and I'm going to mispronounce things and I'm not always prepared to like be on camera to explain it all and there's so much I get it I totally get it so I'm trying to just remind myself every day just share post something and share because you might think oh everybody knows this but they don't and the number one of my biggest things have been I'm like Oh, I'm not going to share that. That is just common knowledge. And they've literally been some of my most viral reels. Truly. It's it's crazy. It's very crazy. And I'm like you, I love what I do and it comes second nature to me. Mm -hmm. And I think I know everything there is to know. And yet I want to learn all the things there is to know, you know? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) 
totally. I'm a, little, I'm a little cocky with my um with my paint colors, but you know that's okay. People don't want you to not know what you're doing. You know, it's funny. Right before I I did the Instagram, um, there was you know how on Facebook they'll put like a question that just it's public and everyone answers. Yeah. And the question was, what could you talk about for thirty minutes straight? and not get bored it was something like not get bored not have to stop and still love it and I was like and I answered hydrangeas and all of my friends could see that answer and they were texting me and they're like oh my gosh that's so funny we always think of you when we see hydrangeas so that's basically it like what could you just keep talking about that you still love you know that you're not going to get bored with and that's I think that's what the beauty is. Like, I'm not bored with it ever. I love it. And hydrangeas aren't just here. They're all over the world. So you can meet with somebody like your French um, person at the nursery, you know, and y'all can have a connection. And, you know, mine is color and paint. So you can connect with others. Absolutely. And it's so nice to have a connection with other people, especially when we felt so disconnected for so long. Yes. And it's funny, people, um, people are very surprised that I'm in Idaho. When they see the hydrangeas, they think, oh, you're from the South or from on the coast or something. And when I say, I think that almost gives me a little bit of an edge because this is not the most ideal climate for hydrangeas. So when people see, oh, if yeah. she's growing them in Idaho in the desert, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I could do this. And I'm like, yeah. You can. Absolutely. Well, before we go, I have to tell you one thing, because it's on my mind every time, so- every time we say the word Idaho. Um, and I wish I still had this t-shirt because I would mail it to you. When <laughs> in my twenties, I got a t-shirt from Urban Outfitters uh-huh. and it was a purple color. And then it had, you know, a hot pink outline and it said, Idaho, no, you ho. <laughs> And I would wear that out and I just thought it was the funniest shirt ever. So now every yeah. time, like at this whole conversation, you said Idaho, I'm like, please don't say it, Faith. Please don't say it. Like oh, I'm telling myself too. to like not tell you the joke. Like, no, we say it too. All the time. Utah. You do? Utaho. All the time. Oh, All of the time. It is very common. Idaho. No, Utaho. Utaho. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Come back anytime, anytime you have something to promote or you want to talk again in the spring when it's time to fertilize. Yeah, let absolutely. Me know. You're, always, you're always welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye.